let's do this then. Yeah. Hello and welcome to Filling in the Gaps. I am Justin. And I'm Darren. And today we're going to talk about one of our, well I'm going to say one of our favorite games, but that is Portal, the first one. We will be coming back to Portal 2 at a later date, but today we wanted to start with the first Portal. I don't think we even need to say, we recommend this game. Yep. Get it. It's part of the Steam the Valve, the bundle. Valve bundle. So I would say, honestly, if you haven't played it yet and you really want it, it's always good to wait for the summer winter sale because the Valve bundle is pretty amazing, especially when it goes on sale. You get a lot for it. Yeah, you end up paying about $1 for Portal 1 and $2 for Portal 2 in that bundle. I bought it because I had it on disc, but I didn't have it on Steam. It wasn't a problem to purchase it again for that price, that's yeah. for sure. I likewise had it on the PlayStation. I had Portal 2, but I didn't have Portal 1. And I had somebody who wanted to play the co-op with me and didn't have a PlayStation, but we both had PCs, so we could do it via computer. So it was a great way to do that. Portal is a game that has great learning curve, the way that it is set up. It has great aesthetics, and... It does a lot of story with very little. Now, Portal 2, we both have agreed, is far better. They've taken everything that was good in Portal and made it better. So we, we definitely will talk about it. I'm hoping that this one doesn't go too long. We're trying to keep it to be a roughly normal for us length episode. You have like a page of notes and I have, well, I had originally four pages that I've condensed down to two. Yeah, but your font size is about five millimeters, man. It's ten, it's ten. <laughs> but the idea is to try and keep it simple, try and not just totally fanboy over this, but to give very specific reasons why we like it. If you've not played it, we're going to say goodbye to you temporarily because this is going to be the spoiler section coming up. If you haven't played Portal or Portal 2, we definitely recommend them, get them, play them, doesn't take long to finish. No. Probably five or six hours for your first playthrough, I would say, at the most. But well worth it. Oh, yeah. Oh, it's worth every penny. If you're still here, you've played Portal, and you know what we're about to talk about. And you know it's awesome. Let's talk about the opening room. After this, I will start to separate things out. But when you are dumped into the opening room, there is so much going on all at once. We have the room that we wake up in has no door. So already that's a bit perplexing. It's a glass room where there's an observation room looking down upon you and a camera that's looking down upon you. And there's a toilet, so there's not exactly a lot of privacy going on here. There's a clock radio playing an upbeat song, which once you've played through it once, you know is the end song to the same game, but a kind of lounge... Lounge version, yeah. version, yeah. There is a cryogenic kind of chamber bed, which mm -hmm. is probably where we woke up from, and a clock on the wall that is counting down, which you'll notice very quickly is very big and prominent. And when it hits zero, that is when the very first portal appears. And when you walk up to the portal, you can see yourself for the first time. There is a lot going on there. When Gladys is talking to you for the first time, there's a moment where the audio kind of fritzes out on purpose. 
And that already, at the very, very beginning, the very first room, gives you a sense that not everything here is perfect and there's probably something wrong. Yeah. There's a ton of story just dumped on you immediately. And it's not through exposition. It is all through what is around you and what is happening. And it is one of the best game starts ever. And it sets the tone for everything else that's going on in this game. And I think that's part of why I like it. I will, I'm going to kind of try to quickly go through the tests. So there are roughly 19 basic tests and then a beyond section. Yeah. But this has probably, I mean, outside of Portal 2, Portal has one of the best knowledge leveling ups of any game I've ever played to teach you without specifically telling you how to do anything. In a way that other games like Talos Principle that we've talked about try to do but can't quite do it to the level that Portal has done. And I would say that's true of even maybe Limbo and Inside. Limbo was very close, but not quite. Right there, uh, yeah. As we talk about the witness later, yeah, it, there are a lot of times where I have to wander around to find something that's more on my level. So let, let's talk about that. So the very first test they call test zero, and test zero is simply a button and a cube. It's very intuitive. We've played this kind of game before. You're told nothing except that you can't take things like cubes through the aperture science material emancipation grill. Gladys's words. And that's it. You do it. You know that you can't take the cube with you. Most people will probably try. They see that it disintegrates as you walk through. It's very funny to throw turrets through it. And you get through, and then you go to test one. One of the things I like about the game is there is the mechanic of the elevator. So between every test, there is an elevator. And there's something comforting and intuitive about that formula. Yeah, yeah. You know that you're finished with that. It's almost like closure for the level, almost. Yes, and that's something beautiful that doesn't happen in a lot of other games. Test one is simply a cube with three glass chambers, and there's a portal that is shifting between the chambers. So I'm still not in control of any portals. I'm just having to observe what's going on. It took the cube and button and took it one step further. Test two, there's a portal gun. Finally, it's shooting a pattern, and I have to see the pattern and use that in order to get the gun. But even when I get the gun, in this game, I'm only given one portal. Yeah. In Portal 2, which I played first, actually. I played through a few times before I'd ever played the first portal. You pretty much get control right away. And it felt a bit like I was being hindered by only getting one portal, but I understand what they were trying to do. They did a lot of things teaching-wise on the way by putting a portal where we needed it to be, and we only had to shoot another portal for the destination. or For the entrance. Yeah. Yeah. And that that is really, really well done. Yeah. I think even with Test Zero, on the director's commentary, they, they set it up. You know how you, you even said that you see yourself through the portal. They set that, they changed that from their original one because they had it where you couldn't see that and people were confused even a little bit. They're like, oh, we're, we're moving through a portal into another dimension or something like that. They wanted to make it completely crystal clear that this was just 
and in and out of the same place. So even the, the attention to detail to make things, to spell them out with no ambiguity whatsoever is absolute quality for this game because they, they, they've done it really well. And yeah, like you said, you get one portal. The orange one is there. I think you get the blue one, yeah? We get control of the blue one. The orange one is already... The orange one's fixed, yes. yeah. When we get to test three, we have to use the portal gun to cross a gap. It's the first time we've had to cross a gap. And there are stairs just in case we fail yeah. or do something wrong, which I like. They're training wheels, essentially, to help us through these kind of stages. Uh, test four, there is a cube that goes into the pit, and we must go down and get it and use it for the button. So this is getting us to think a bit more three-dimensionally. How far can we go with this portal? It's not just trying to go on the same level, but I can go up or down. And it also shows you that you don't take damage from falling, which is nice. Yes, that's very important. There is test five, where there are now two buttons and two cubes and a pit and two platforms, and you have to work around that. It's pretty simple. I think that's one of the things that I really like about this. The tests, they get longer as you go. So the first ones are all quick, and you feel good about it, and you feel smart that you can make it through very quickly. And then things get harder, and you start to see things. And test five is one of the first times where this happens, where you have to think a little bit outside of the box. You have to start thinking outside the portal. To get to the elevator on this one, you're actually exited into a glass room, and you have to use the portal gun to actually get out of the glass room and move to where you can get onto the elevator, which will start to get you to think that maybe there are things outside of the test room. And that's a pretty good way to do that. Test six was kind of the first time where we see the energy pellet, which is not used in Portal 2. They went with just laser beam, which I'm not really sure why. I'm kind of curious as to why they switched. I think I do prefer the laser beam. I think that that is easier. I think easier. maybe because they introduced a new cube, the prism cube. Mm. So maybe it's just a different type of puzzle. Mm. And I think with the energy bouncy ball thing, it's quite linear. So with the laser beam, you can pretty much aim that anywhere on a horizontal plane. And so it introduces a little bit more complexity. I think to the energy pellet, when it would run out, I mean, it would bounce for a few times and then it would disappear. It was much nicer to have the laser beams in the second one where... It was constantly going, so you didn't have to worry about timing as often. So possibly. But essentially for every pellet, there's like a generator and a receiver. And this teaches you that you have to get the pellet into the receiver to get onto the small lift. And we're going to see a lot more of these kind of physical platforms that move around. Test 7 is very similar. Again, it's pellet and receiver, just slightly more complicated. Uh, but then you actually have to use the portal to move onto a moving platform, which is kind of getting, but it's a very slow moving platform to get used to this idea because this will be a more complicated maneuver in the future. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, test eight was basically to introduce us to water and that it was dangerous. Uh, you basically have to portal to a platform and then to some scaffolding. Test nine, I, I'm going to be talking about story stuff later, but it's kind of hard to separate it with test nine, because test nine is the one where Gladys constantly tells us the test is impossible and we shouldn't bother. But of course, we're going to try. And it's a pretty straightforward one. You get onto the platform, you see that there actually is a way to shoot through a gap and get to the other room. 
This is also important because this room you'll be dumped out to later when you're in kind of your escape mode. Uh, test 10, you have to portal using the orange portal, which is actually behind us as we kind of walk in. So you really have to look around and be aware of your surroundings. This was a good puzzle. I, I wrote down something about test 10 because this is where they introduce the kind of momentum uh, yes. stuff. And that, that this is your first place that you understand that, oh, if I keep falling through holes, then I can shoot myself further. Mm-hmm. Which they did by putting the orange portal into place where and then I, yeah. and then marking a square where you're supposed to jump with like one dot. It's almost to a point where I feel like they almost gave you too many hints in the first portal that they don't so much in the second. This is also the first time that we have a multiple puzzle test where you think you're done, but then you're not. And it's actually a three-part test. <laughs> they, they don't start you off slowly on this part, but each section is not that complicated. And so it works very well. The music in test 10 as well starts uh, to get a bit more ominous as well. Like you notice that something evil is afoot kind of thing. It, it starts to build the darkness of the game there. It's quite cool. There's also the section where it's the two-dot square that you have to jump from. You're actually jumping in a direction that is opposite from the direction you want to go. And I don't know if they had this tagline for the first one or if it was only for the second one that was, uh, you know, thinking with portals. Mm. And this is very much where I feel like they're really trying to get you to start to think that way, that direction doesn't matter so long as the other portal will be going the direction you need it to go. Yeah. You have to think about this game and these puzzles differently than probably most of the games you've played before. Test 11 starts in an observation room, and you can't shoot through the glass. So you have to realize that as the orange portal gun is shooting, you have to put up a blue portal in the room and kind of look through and see what's happening to decide what your move is going to be. And you basically have to get to energy button, and you really have to get to like some energy pellets, some buttons. You have to open some time doors and shoot through. Mm. There's a lot that goes on in this one that is using information you already have, but taking it that one step further. And by this point, they felt that you're ready because this is the point where you get the orange portal gun kind of added to yours. So you now control both portals. They're not going to walk you through by giving you one set already. And you have to use that right away to get through a timed door. So they give you a new tool and you have to use it right away. They're teaching you right away. Yeah. And this is something that just Portal does so well. But also keeping the mechanics simple. We can only really control the placement of our body and two portals. And so everything else that we do has to reflect around those three things. When we get to test 12, there's a pit and a one dot square and... It's cluing us in that we've already done this, mm. but now you've got to set it up yourself. You need to do the momentum yourself. Is that the one when when you're flying as well? This and is the first time where you see like an angled wall that you have to use to portal with. And I think this is possibly the first time you actually have to take a cube. It's not the first time you've had to take a cube with you through a portal, but it's the first time in a long time, I think, when we've had to do this. So it's a good reminder level, essentially. I think that level as well is the one where GLaDOS says, like, what is it? The lying uh, patch is broken or some of that? Or the li- what is it? The, oh, we can no, yeah, we can no longer lie or something like that. And then she's like, when the testing is over, you will be 
missed. It's <laughs> 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 so funny. But yeah, when you're flying as well, when you when you do that first momentum puzzle and she's just like, we <laughs> GLaDOS is I mean, I don't know who did GLaDOS for this, like, but whoever it is it was really made this game for me because as apart from all the puzzles, the comedy aspect of, of uh, Portal and again they just go totally crazy with it in Portal 2 but is such a good selling point for this game it, it gives yeah. it replay value as well I've got a whole lot of Gladys Blinds. right at the end of my notes yeah <laughs> I don't know that we'll get to all of them no. but uh, maybe some of our favorites right yeah that takes us to uh, test 13 where you need to drop cubes through portals onto platforms and they've given you markings on the ceiling to guide you where to put the portal I think that's okay but I again I think maybe it's almost helping you too much it's setting you up for taking out turrets later on isn't it yeah it is definitely then uh test 14 there's a path to the left and to the right there's a lift platform in front of us that isn't working so you know what you need at the end but you don't know how to get there so then you go left you cross a pit you have to use momentum like the stairs go away so you use the momentum to get the cube and then you have to kind of get yourself across again and then you get to a room with water and platforms that are sinking and we know by this point that'll kill us water is dangerous yeah so you have to get to the other side which the first time is great because you can portal over it takes no time at all or thought but then you have to get the energy pellet from that room to the other area and from experience i'll tell you if you try to portal yourself and the energy pellet it usually doesn't result in a happy way. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I killed myself a few times, even this playthrough, again. Oh, right. Yeah. Yeah. You think you can time it, but, well, I always try it and find out. No, it's just so much easier to go back using the platforms. Yeah. But this room is also important because story-wise later, when you are getting to go behind the scenes, this is one of the tests you're looking down on. Test 15. There is a glass wall and a huge field above it. So you know that you can't take anything with you. Oh, yeah. This is where they teach you about the double momentum, like to yes, the gain, kind of, gain more and more momentum. The kind of infinite momentum, right? Yeah. So the floor hints at momentum. There's a sign that kind of clues you into what's going on. This one has a, a lot of parts. Like the second part, there's two different rooms, but the generator and receiver are in different rooms. So you have to get the pellet over there. And that gives you a lift that kind of lowers out of the wall that you climb in. And then that takes you up to the next part. You have to use the pit to fall to an actual... You have to fall to get to a higher level using yeah. your portals. Fourth part is a tunnel with platforms that are moving frustratingly in the wrong direction. So you have to portal ahead to the next platform. And that really starts to get you ready for after the last test. I think is, is what they're kind of setting up there. And the fifth is a timing problem where you have to get the two doors to accept the pellet. And you also have to get to the two buttons in time. There's a lot going on with that one. And it's a great puzzle. And it can be very, very frustrating. That's another one where the energy pellet killed me a number of times because I did things out of order. Or I would get really frustrated because I wasn't getting to the buttons fast enough. But when you solve it, it feels really, really good. Oh, the one where there's the two buttons in each, you basically just got a portal across and then that ball has to, you lower the gates and it goes inside. Yes. Even, yeah, even on my playthrough I just did. 
that took me a couple of tries to get. I couldn't I couldn't nail it the first time. Because it's not just the buttons. You have to get the pellet to go at the right time. Yeah, and so it's frustrating, but in the end, it's it's a really beautiful puzzle. I like that one a lot. That leads to test 16, which is where we finally get introduced to turrets. And we start behind one, so that very easily gives us the idea of what we can do with it. We can pick it up, yeah. we can knock it over, and there are others behind glass that shoot at us, which warn us that we could die from this. Yeah. They also show us multiple ways to deal with that threat, giving us times where we can get behind one or likely find a way to get them to shoot each other when we drop one. And also that's where we learn to, as you said before, drop cubes mm-hmm. onto turrets. <laughs> you can also drop turrets onto turrets, which was mm. my favorite way to go about it. Yeah. Now, Test 17 is another one that's hard to talk about without the story, but this is the companion cube level. So Gladys talks a lot in this one about how important this cube is you need to keep it safe till the end but then in the end ask you to burn it it is also a level where you use a cube more than you do any other time use it to climb stairs use it to deflect pellets so that you don't die from from them and it gets you right to the end and then you have to decide do i want to do this but of course you can't progress unless you burn the cube and I thought it was very funny. You have another theory, but we're, we're going to get to that theory a bit later, I think. But yeah, so that gets destroyed. We're at test 18. By this point, one of the things that I don't think I mentioned that is great about both Portal games is the idea of numbering the test. You know how far you are and how many you have to go, but also giving you warnings about the dangers you might face or hints about the techniques you might need to use, like momentum or a cube on a button. Yeah, I never checked those out. I always just ran straight past them. I just. <laughs> but by this point, at test 18, everything is lit up. Yeah. And I think that's pretty beautiful. That that shows how they've leveled you up to, yeah, you should be able to handle anything now at this point. You have to cross water and you jump onto a platform. This is a problem for me. This is one where the way I did it, there is a small gap over water. And then putting a portal onto the wall in front of me. But I have to jump across that gap into a portal. And I found the mechanic for this wasn't very smooth. This was rough for me. And I kept not quite getting into the portal and falling to my death. And I found that very frustrating. Did you have that problem or is it just me? I think... I remember the the exact... I I solved it the same way as you. I think I didn't have a problem with it. I don't think so. Mm. But no, I, I remember that part that you're talking about. But that leads to a really <laughs> frustrating part for me. It was good, but it was frustrating. Where you get to open a door, and that leads you into another room, and there's a generator that's rotating and shooting pellets, and you have to time it to get it to the receiver at just the right time, which is frustrating. And that gets you to a moving platform, which gets you almost to the cube you need, but not quite. So you have to jump down to a different level which is the button, which again opens the wall, which is an angled wall when it opens. Oh, that's the puzzle, yeah. And so at this point, you know it's a momentum puzzle. They've set this up. I, stupidly, this time, I don't know how long I was trying to do this, trying to time it so that I could get over there, get on the other side, create the portal at the bottom of the pit, and then get back on the other side of the... Well, and then basically jump down 
and then fly across, but you can't. You just can't. And it took me far too long, considering this is not my first time around, to realize there is a floor bit much further down in the same room. You don't have to time the wall as much as I was trying to do. Uh, but I got that. I got the cube. In the long run, yeah, it's great. But as I put in my notes, it was still frustrating. <laughs> yeah, I, I had problems with that one as well, even the second time around or third time. That's the one where you have to, it's like the, yeah, you push a button on the other side and it, it pushes the wall out and angles it up. And then yes. there's an elevator ride. You have to, there's turrets in the room that you have to get rid of. You gotta drop. Oh right, you have to do that first. You yeah. get rid of the turrets, and then you gotta power up the elevator. But then you jump down into that one, get the cube. But then it's like, well, how do I get back? <laughs> but that's easy enough. But then it's on a timer. Mm -hmm. You, yeah, that was annoying. <laughs> the second part of test eighteen is where you actually have to portal to a, a platform, fall, so that it takes you jumping up from the higher platform to put a portal onto a higher platform. And repeat. You have yeah. to keep falling to get higher to shoot a portal so that you can fall and get higher. It's a tricky bit of remembering which portal you're supposed to be using when, but also I found this one pretty disorienting yeah. because when you fall through, you're not really pointed in the direction you need. And so I did find that to be quite frustrating. There's probably a better way to shoot, maybe, I don't know, but I, I did find that frustrating. But this is, again, They've led you up to here. You can figure it out, but it, it does take some time. Test 19. Yep. What we are told is going to be the end. In fact, the test 19 plaque says, yeah, there will be energy pellet, water, and cake. Yeah. <laughs> mm -hmm. So we have to use portals for the energy pellet to get this uh, platform moving. It's kind of a weird angle thing where we have to realize that getting the energy pellets to bounce off of angles can play around with it. It's right in front of us. They're teaching us because we're going to have to do this almost immediately mm. after this. Uh, we again have to deal with the platforms moving and having to kind of shoot portals at the same time. But this gets us to now what I think is probably my favorite part, which is kind of the, the turn of this game where the story really takes a whole new level. We've simply been tested but now this leads us to a pit of fire. Yeah. And frustratingly, it's, it's the thing that I have the most difficulty doing, which is apparently jumping across into a, a portal. So again, it took me a few tries to get there. But you know what you're doing. You can see what's happening. And you can see your easy way to escape. Yeah, it, it doesn't kill you immediately. It's, very, it's a very slow roast. Yeah. <laughs> But I like this a lot. And then all of a sudden now, everything has changed. I am now outside of the tests. And I now have to look everywhere. There are... Beyond this, I, I don't know that I want to go too much into the actual puzzles by this. But I do think that by this point, they've taught you what you need to know. And now, you can go crazy on whatever is available. And it's very linear but it gives you a true sense of exploration, even though it is linear. In a game, I don't know, I guess in a way that I have not seen elsewhere. Because I'm going exactly where they want me to go, but I feel like I'm exploring. Yeah. I mean, I'm jumping into cube tubes that are broken. I'm encountering new things like the 
rocket launcher. Missile, yeah, yeah. Which we need for the boss fight. So it was great that they taught you that. And then, yeah, like and he, you don't just use it once. You use it like three times before you move on later. The whole aesthetic has changed. And Gladys's messages have also kind of changed. And there's just something great about this that has put kind of everything together. Like, we've seen turrets before. We're going to see more turrets. And then we're going to see a lot of turrets. We've seen momentum problems before. We're going to have more momentum problems. And then we're going to have a really... At the end of the huge kind of turret hive, that momentum problem, even this time around, took me a few tries to get through. You have to look around to see every little thing that you can do. They do give you some handwritten exit signs to help you out and an occasional arrow but for the most part they've just set you up to say you're on your own now you figure it out yeah and i i kind of love everything about that turn and that change and i was already happy with the game yeah yeah but when you take it beyond that i am very very happy i would have been very happy to just have oh these are some interesting puzzles and be done with it but they did so much more they took it so much further than when you first start playing. Yeah, I mean, they, they they want you to think outside the box, and then they created a game outside the box, essentially, which it was almost like they had made not just an Easter egg, but an entire level as an Easter egg. And that, that they really ran with that in Portal 2, because people must have... Well, obviously, we're talking about it now for Portal. That, that's the part that I remember the most, is when you finally escape the test chambers mm -hmm. and you're like, you're in the, you're backstage essentially, you know? And it's like, wow, this is really awesome. And you get an idea for uh, what the facility looks like. You get a, a, it's not just all these white panels and machines and stuff. It's, it's all gritty and broken down and rusted and trashy looking. It's good. Well, that's what I'd actually like to talk about is the aesthetics of this game. When you're in the test areas, they seem, you know, white, scientific, clean. But like you said, that dirty, grubby area in the background. So when we start to see little hidden areas where somebody must have escaped, right? Yeah. Where there's two cubes blocking a wall from going back in. And you go in there and there's... Cans of baked beans. Yeah. And, you know, handwritten notes like the cake is a lie and hash marks and bits of aperture propaganda. <laughs> like your friend in science uh, I think it's like your trusted friend in science and what was it something like courage is not the absence of fear or something like that yeah. and pictures of cake that say like tasty <laughs> it's like there's all kinds <laughs> of great little bits like that I like even the he's like the calendar girls of Aperture Science did you notice that they had like so they've got like this woman in a bikini but it's got the companion cube on the face oh, I didn't. which is great because it's like He's gone total Wilson, you know, he's mm. he's fallen in love with his companion cube. And uh, yeah, he's replaced all the humans' faces with companion cubes. It's quite an interesting part. But that difference between those two aesthetics just works really, really beautiful. And there's something that makes it feel real and adds to the story. The fact that cameras are everywhere and they follow your movement as you move around. There's something a bit creepy and ominous about that. The rooms are often very big, like the test rooms, but even still, you go elevator to elevator, and there's that field that stops you from taking anything through. There's a kind of claustrophobic feeling that you're not outside, which again, when you make that, that turn, that leap out of the fire into 
more of the, the, I guess, real world, I guess we would say at this point, that's such a great feeling. You feel like you, you are free suddenly. You're not being part of that. Yeah. And I'd say there's just some things, too, that just make you want to love the world. Like, the turrets are incredibly cute. They're yeah. going to kill you, but yeah. they look cute, and they say very funny things like, uh, would you come over here? Yeah. Or when you kill them, they say things like, no hard feelings. Yeah, I don't hate you. <laughs> <laughs> this is something that does continue into the second one, but already they've just created this world with so little. It's just really, really impressive. And it's this aesthetic that leads into their story, which I put in my notes, as I've said already, like they do a lot with so little. Like the aesthetics really tell us the story. We know we're in a science lab and what things we can't get from that or from the sneak peeks behind the wall, Gladys does. But she does it in very, very brief bits. We're not told a lot, but we get a lot of extra meaning. The The comedy in this mm. one is just brilliant. Like you said, the woman doing the voice for this is just fantastic. Yeah. Like it just works so well. When we're introduced to the idea of the field that will destroy cubes, Gladys warns that we might taste blood because... Also, like, our dental fillings might be yeah. <laughs> disintegrated as well. She warns that the pellets are supposed to have safety alarms all around, but the pellets become more dangerous, so we've had to get rid of the safety alarms. So it gives you the idea that you're not safe, and that, again, is very, very early on. Uh, when you finally get your portal gun, it gives you many warnings, like, do not touch the end of the gun, do not look at the end of the gun, do not get the gun wet. <laughs> like, all right, this... Is not the safest thing. Maybe yeah. I shouldn't be playing around with. Yeah. yeah. There's a point where Gladys warns about touching the floor will give us a bad mark on a record. But this is the level where we're kind of introduced to water and the fact that water will kill us. So it's actually doing two things at once. It is telling us that water will kill us, but also adding a bit to the story as well. This kind of, oh, you don't want a bad mark on your record. <laughs> as though that's our biggest concern. There's the test where Gladys says the test is impossible. And she praises us at the end for being resolute in the face of extreme pessimism. Yeah. As though that was the ultimate test. There's a point where Gladys has a very garbled message. Which again, hints that something is wrong. And the only word that comes through is momentum. So we again get the sense something is wrong. But the idea that momentum is the only thing we really need to hear. Again, like story that is told... And it's tutorial at the same time. Mm -hmm. And it is something that they do better than pretty much any other game. Because most other games just say, you know, oh, if you want to dodge, hit the left button. You know? yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah. <laughs> what are you talking about? What is this button? Gladys says the tests are always safe. And if not, advice is given. Do not touch the floor. It will kill you. Right? That yeah. is their advice. There's a point where Gladys says the portal gun is more valuable than all the organs from, insert hometown here. <laughs> <laughs> it gives a bit of the idea that they run with a bit more portal to the idea that I'm not alone, that this test is designed for many people and to be, uh, we're not special snowflakes, right? We're, we're just a test subject. Yeah. In test 13, Gladys warns that it might take longer than usual. And if we pass out, we'll be revived. So yeah. thanks for that. Yeah, and then one of your favorite lines, you said, we'll, we'll be missed when the testing is finished. Yeah. Because mm -hmm. uh, it is great, because that even, it's almost like it's almost like she just goes through her memory banks to find 
the word and just cuts and pastes it over the top of it, isn't it? It's it doesn't even sound correct. It's, it's, it's brilliant. It's so funny. There's test sixteen where Gladys apologizes for live ammo being used. That's where turrets come into play, and her saying that again warns us that we could be hurt from the things that are in, well, essentially from the turrets that are shooting at us. In that room, there's also a room full of just random cubes and another clock radio, as though it's being stockpiled or something was wrong with that cube tube. And so, again, gives you the idea that not everything is perfect. Yeah. But it's at this room, there is something odd where Gladys says, well done, Android, and speaks of Android hell which I wasn't quite sure why she spoke of that. Did you notice that? Yeah. Is it is it simply because we have the, the leg things that prevent us from being injured when we fall? We're not an android, though. No. I Because, yeah, you're not an android at all. Yeah. I, I do remember that part, but I don't remember why I thought that was perfectly normal. Mm. That leads to test 17, where we get the companion cube, and Gladys says something odd. She says, don't listen to its advice like she keeps reminding us the companion cube can't talk yeah now do you want to talk about your theory now wow maybe all right i it's clear that she's trying to set up that we should love the cube and then have to hurt it at the end yeah she's playing with us Hmm. and this is part of what i love about not just their leveling up of tests and puzzles but the leveling up of story. When we first begin, she's really just giving us knowledge that we need. And then it really starts to lead into, actually, she has a personality. And she has a bit of character, which they run with so well in the second one. But in this first one, provided you start with this one, you don't know what's going on. And she just seems like maybe a recorded message or not what she really is, which is kind of a a sentient being that was created and that's where we get into this companion cube and she's trying to give you an emotional attachment and then get to hurt you by kind of making you burn it mm. but you have even more theory to go with this well yeah i mean so so when you do burn the cube it's the the achievement is fratricide and yeah i thought that was interesting choice of words or word <laughs> so yeah so here's the thing if you read the comics there's a guy called Ratman. And Ratman is the guy who's leaving the messages for you in this thing. So yeah, it's not explained really in the story, in the in the game. You gotta go elsewhere to find other bits of canon, I suppose. Ratman has a companion cube, and the companion cube talks to him and gives him advice and helps him out of, of bad situations. So I think the companion cubes have real people inside them. And I spoke to you about this before, and you're like, why? Why would they do that? And it's all from the song. Aperture science, we do what we want because we can. There's no reason for that at all. But other than what would happen if we stuffed someone inside a cube. I'm not sure what condition they're in. But or I, I just picture them as like small fetuses, kind of like Daleks or something, you know, just like little brains or something inside. But I don't think Ratman was crazy and fought, fell in love with his companion cube. I think his companion cube was real. But in the comic, it's like, well, is he just crazy? Is he is he doing a Tom Hanks? That from, was the impression I from got, uh, Castaway, yeah, Wilson and stuff. So is he just nuts? Can it talk? But she seems to be trying to tell you not to listen to it. Why would she say that if it couldn't? 
And for me, I just thought that was being funny. Yeah. But you took it more literally. I took it pretty literally. And also, you cannot... The force field things that you can pass through, there's none of them when you have a companion cube. You cannot destroy a companion cube until the fire, which would be interesting because if you put the companion cube through one of those, then a little fetus would come out, in my theory. <laughs> you know what I mean? So mm. it, it never presents you with... You can throw everything else into a field, but not a companion cube through the whole game. I find that odd. Um, and the achievement is, yeah, you're killing your brother. So my theory... Mm-hmm is this is to teach us about incineration because we need this for the final boss fight. I think you're just throwing it in <laughs> I say that as there are others. There are only one <laughs> yeah, yeah. boss fight, right? But I think it was really just to set that up and they found a clever way to have these funny bags. lines. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And to give you this cube that has hearts on it instead of the normal design. I don't look at it any further. But if you want to have your theory, that's fine. <laughs> I think you're filling in gaps that don't really need to be, but... Mm. I mean, it could come into play in Portal 2 uh, when we talk about that as well. Yeah, you've got a lot more going on there. We'll, <laughs> we'll skip that for now. Let's, uh, ten- but you, you've missed my favorite GLaDOS line, though. I'm not even sure I've gotten the... Well, what is it? <laughs> Assume the party a- escort position. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, see, I hadn't quite got to that, but yeah. That, <laughs> you got, it, you got it down there, yeah? Well, no, uh, no, that's fine. That, that goes into the Beyond section, right? So, yeah. Test 18 is where you really get to see a bigger back area of a testing area. So you see more cans, you see more kind of bottled water, you see another clock radio, but you see a door that you can't get through. There's an actual door, but it's locked. And it's also here where Gladys reminds you of the cake. She keeps talking about the cake. She says something odd. According to the subtitles, it said, first you will be baked, and then you will be cake, which I don't know, might add more fuel to your theory of the companion cube. Yeah. Uh, but test 19, I don't know why she says this. Gladys says, we need to drop the portal gun in the bin at the end because we need both hands free for cake. But if we're going to be burned anyway, I don't see what difference it makes. And there is no bin for us to throw it in. So I think it's just for comedy. But then, yes, after we escape, that's when uh, Gladys is really, really mad. But then she says, oh, somebody's going to escort us to cake. <laughs> and your yeah. favorite line of assume the position. Yeah. yeah, the party escort position. And she keeps saying things like, oh, you're going the wrong way, which is both funny, but also tells me I am going the right way. Yeah. Right? It's a great clue that they put in there. Uh, she keeps trying to bring us back with a cake. Oh, it's being cut and served. Uh, there's still some if you come back now, right? And then it starts to get to the point where she knows you're not going to give up. Oh, but didn't we have fun? Remember that fire pit where I pretended I was going to kill you? <laughs> and then right at the end, she gets to the point where she's like, yeah, good people don't end up here. I'm going to kill you. Where she's totally given up. And then there's a whole boss fight as well, which given what the whole game had been up to that point, I wouldn't have expected. I didn't expect the boss fight. That's for sure. Because it was a very old school boss fight almost as well. But in this game, it works. Yeah. It seemed to come out of nowhere. It gave us something totally different, but using the mechanics and the skills we'd already been taught. And though it's not perfect, boy, is it fun. That's, mm-hmm. a, that's a really fun fight. Getting the rocket launcher, missile launcher to yeah. 
fire away at her, uh, getting the different kind of heads off of her. Like the one I think begins giving a recipe for cake because he starts talking about flour and water and yeah. sugar. The one is a bit more aware and do you smell something burning? Like yeah. as you get close to the incinerator, there's just something wonderful about that. That last one is just like a rabid dog or something, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. <laughs> but I think that is it the first one you probably just like, oh, I know what that does. She's like, I've no I've no idea what that does. Oh no, I remember I that. I remember that was like my morality chip <laughs> or something, yeah. yeah. They installed that when I flooded a test with neurotoxin. Yeah. To remind me not to flood a test with neurotoxin. Now that that's gone, here's some <laughs> neurotoxin. <laughs> it is just very, very entertaining and fun and challenging and a great culmination of everything we had learned up to that point that just makes me love this game. I think that all the way through, it levels you up in a way that works. It ramps up the story in a way that works. And all around, it just looks great. Right at the end, when you escape, pretty much, when you're outside, there's a voice. Did you remember that part? Remind me. There's, so there's like a robot. You can't see him, but you can kind of hear him walking towards you. And he, he says to you, please assume the party escort position. That's right, yeah. That voice... I might be mistaken, but I started playing Portal 2 today in prep for the next time we talk. That voice is the voice of the tutorial guy in Portal 2. I don't know if that's uh, intentional or if it's just the same guy. that yeah. They called him back for it. But yeah, it's the same It's the same guy. Because it's not GLaDOS that's putting you through the tutorial in Part 2. Yeah, so the party escort position is quite a famous <laughs> position, obviously. Yeah. I find... The extra things they did, especially in the kind of what I refer to as the beyond area, the fact that you see uh, stats that they're competing with Black Mesa. Yeah. So you can see the presentation on the wall. They're not doing very well. (laughs) The computers, some of which have been destroyed, um, many rooms which are all right, going into rooms where you can look down upon rooms you've been in before or escaping into a test that you had been in before and recognize it. There's just something great about the way that that story progresses and what they've done with that. And for me, nothing ties it up as well as the song at the end, Yeah, which I believe is written by Jonathan Colton. Quite famous. I, I knew him first because of R.E. Your Brains, which is a brilliant song. But in those lyrics, you get all sorts of information. They've even put the lyrics on the screen so you won't miss them and it really sums up the game well it's better than a great cutscene, yeah and it's something that i've listened to over and over again it's not only entertaining but it reminds me of the fun i had playing this game yeah i mean when i first finished that years ago got to the boss fight didn't expect that definitely did not expect that song and that was hilarious and i've never smiled the entire way through a credit scene like that's the first time in my life and uh i did with that it was brilliant even the bit with like what was it she says like you can what was it she says like doesn't say get a job with black mesa but something like that maybe black mesa oh like chance <laughs> like maybe someone will help you i think yeah yeah someone maybe black mesa that was a joke fat chance yeah. yeah it's 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 an amazing end scene it's the icing on the cake sorry which you actually get to see, which yeah. I always thought was very funny. Yeah. 
the cake is a lie, but actually it's it's not. It's not. <laughs> yeah. But it's made from the remains of all other test subjects that didn't make it into companion cubes. I don't know that that's true. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I think that's that's all I've got to say. I love this game. Yeah, awesome game. Uh, it was great to play it again, and probably won't. again in the future. Again, and again, and again. Yeah. yeah. Gaps filled and more gaps created. Edit that out so I look smart.